Hi, I'm Charles. I'm Christine. And, and we, we eat stuff. Hi, everyone. This is the podcast We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. My name is Charles Guthrie, and I am one half of We Eat Stuff. In this podcast, we are seeking out people in St. Louis related to food, cooking, drinking, and eating. Our interview this week is with Jordan Howe, the general manager of Reed's American Table. You can find him online and all the socials at JordanHowe314. Jordan has become a lot better known to us since he's shifted away from his barista career and working more in the managerial side of the industry. He's got a varied background at many venues in St. Louis, and as we, got, as we get into later, has ideas about coffee shop culture and how it's probably going to have to evolve or die. Thanks for listening, and this is Jordan Howe. Thanks for having me. Uh, what'd you bring for us this afternoon? Um, all right. So, you guys asked me, to, drinking. asked me to bring something. <laughs> and so it was like something that represented me in the business. So I brought over two options. They're both kind of like represents why I ended up, you know, going from coffee into restaurants and mm-hmm. being obsessed with Tawar. So this is mm-hmm. a uh, French wine um, from Languedoc, um, Minervois, which is like a appellation there. This is one of the mm-hmm. highest elevated... Uh, wine, you know, vineyards, wine producers in that region, like southern France, think like we're like mm. Provences. Mm. Um, and I asked one of our Alicia, one of our beverage director, and our you know I have amazing psalms that reads yeah. like, what's the best wine that like you know it's kind of is fun to show off like you know, place not people, um, mm. and this is the one she sent me. Yeah, it's supposed to just uh, there's this like these limestone like cutouts I guess into the into these like kind of hills mountains uh mm-hmm. near the sea and so it's all limestone and like really only thing that the soil can grow is like vines so things mm-hmm. like olives and grapes mm-hmm. and like kind of like weird herbs and like this kind of mm-hmm. gum i forget the word you told me about but what it's called and so you really get this like minerality and you really mm-hmm. get this like you almost get this like taste of herbs out of these red wines wow. really showing off like that specific location more than like a style of how to make wine or like you know you get those you know blends from bordeaux um, this is kind of like our, you know, best idea of like what France tastes like, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. Beautiful. All yeah. right. Let's drink France. <laughs> is that is interesting to you, waffles? Yeah. I would like some. It smells good. Absolutely. Oh, whatever. You're fine. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Salut. That's good. Yeah, I haven't had this in a while. That's very good. Yum. Yeah. How's it taste? Pretty good. Pretty good? Cool. Ah, that's delicious. Thank you. Good choice. Thank thank you, y'all. Excellent. Uh, Well, lovely to spend time. I'm glad we could finally arrange this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jordan, so tell everybody listening, who are you? Um, I'm Jordan Howe. I am currently the general manager of Reed's American Table in Mm. Maplewood. I have been that position since uh, March, April of this year. Um, before that, I mostly spent my time in specialty coffee, managing a few different sp- spots in St. Louis. Uh, I've really been in kind of that side of the industry since I was 21. I'm mm. almost 29. Mm. Um, got into all of 
this stuff because I wanted a job where I could play music and hit the road all the time and mm. not have to worry about anything. And mm. that led me into coffee because I could be a barista or mm. a bartender and have kind of the free time of money. And that kind of uh, switched eventually. And I don't really play that much music anymore, mm. but, you know, yeah, I get to run, you know, you know, we were named, you know, Eden for a minute, 19 best restaurant in St. Louis. Uh, we've been mm. named two years in a row. The only two years have been opened by wine enthusiasts, one of the top 100 wine restaurants mm. in the country. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's been a big change coming from coffee, but it's been a, it's been a fun yeah. uh, 15 right. months. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty choice place. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nice. Like, I remember, I think recently I read something, someone wrote that it's, Reeds is a great place to go if you don't feel like dressing up. But you can't go there if you want to dress up and get yeah. real fancy. That's, you know, um, crazy here time and time again for whatever reason is fine dining instead, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily mm-hmm. true. Um, but it's dead for all the reasons that, like, I brought that wine. Like, it's, you know, people are more are less interested in the, like, the to-do of it all, like mm-hmm. the white gloves or the, you mm-hmm. know, white atmosphere or the tablecloths or... You know whatever it is, and so you know uh, Spencer Pernikoff, who runs Whiskey and Summit, mm-hmm. said this something similar and said in a good way. Like, you know, if you want to come into our restaurant and get the best beer, wine by the glass, and burger and whatever you want, you can have that. We'll, you know, bring it to you. We'll you will have a great time. You will leave. However, if you want to have that same meal, come in, have a beer, burger, and whatever, and leave. I want to know. Everything about whatever beer it is, be it the Boudoir, you know, the original Budweiser recipe, mm. you know, where in you know, the Czech Republic it's from, why we're carrying it, you know, what the reason why we have this on the burger or how we make the aioli or why we mm. do this. You know, you can leave and have a, oh, that was a really delicious, tasty meal, or you can like, wow, I really walked out of that and learned something. Sure, or yeah. if you want, you know, one of our sommeliers to come to the table and you want, you know, we had a 99 uh, Bordeaux by the glass over the weekend that... Mm. Honestly, the best thing to have it with was our cheeseburger. Like, as far as, like, profiles go, you have this really nice wine. Yeah. Um, you know, $18 a glass, which you're like, oh, 18 bucks. But, like, you know, this wine is as old as one of our busters. Like, <laughs> um, you know, he, you know, you can have that experience. We'll tell you everything about, you know, Chateau Lanasson and all these wonderful things. Or you just go, oh, that, that paired well. I'll walk out. And so, you know, kind of breaking that down, right? know, we still get phone calls. Do you have a dress code? You know, like, <laughs> cool. come, you know, come from the baseball game or you're on your way or yeah you know people and it's fine when you know when people come in with, you know their sport coats that's great too like whatever experience they want to have in our space like we know how to do it which is something that like fi- old fine dining or current fine dining doesn't do they do one experience it's mm. you get that experience to a t every time mm. or you know you know something's wrong there and or you know you go lower than that it's always like i don't know like what is this no what I'm serving today like yep. <laughs> there's this very important middle ground mm-hmm. that like I think people have kind of realized there's a lot of restaurants there now that are you know so we're lucky in St. Louis to be doing it you know well yeah um, you know, we're kind of kind of spoiled in that where we don't always have to go you know put on our best clothes and go to you know like the birthday restaurant totally I was going to ask uh, how, how's, how's that happen how does does do the owners like cultivate that kind of a atmosphere um it's a, I mean, it's a team effort, you know, like, what our chef owner does, you know, Matt Doaday, and, you know, he is extremely passionate and, and focused on it is, um, you know, the kind of, like, f- 
familiarity of it all, like, mm. the context of it all. So, you know, I talk to a lot of our regulars about this, too. There's, you know, a ability, and, and even though, you know, you go, you'll look at our list, you'll look at our lamb sandwich that we're running right now. So it's, mm. you, you run down its ingredients, you're running, you know, jerked lamb, you know, cucumber, onion, you know, you've got this feta and preserved lemon spread on it. You know, you're like, wait a minute. I've had this. I've had a gyro in U City before. Like I know exactly what this is, <laughs> and you realize, you know, you know, our chef growing growing up, you know, in that in that area, going down there, having those gyros, like you're having an experience you've had your entire life, but in you know a kind of different twist or a different idea. Um, there's something very like even if you don't necessarily like it hits you on the head, like it's something comforting about that, like those flavors where you're not, you know, running out looking for like think about what niche was like that was a very specific experience um you know like these are things you're like oh this is comforting even though I don't know it and I think just Mm. working with that you know and the same thing with like what Andre did with our wine list about going out and traveling and bringing in wines of people he's met being able to have that kind of connection creates a comfortable space Mm. um that is very easy for us you know for my staff um to kind of you know portray as well like you know it's it, we can be relaxed where, you know, we're not just playing quiet little string music in the background. And, you know, <laughs> I, you know, we encourage, you know, people to be themselves at mm-hmm. tables. You know, everyone, you're going to, you know, every server is going to give you a slightly different experience. Every bartender is going to give you a slightly different greeting. But that's what's comfortable. And, like, it really isn't. Once you kind of have that idea of, like, what you're good at and what just feels natural, like, it's very easy to be yourself in that environment. And I think, mm-hmm. you know chef you know matt has done a very good job kind of giving us the power to like pull that from his food into like the dining room and everything else mm-hmm. mm. cool very cool how many years have you been in barista for um going on eight yeah oh. um i still even <laughs> don't make a lot of coffee anymore i you know i still barista at heart for forever mm. good um, deal yeah so and I, I actually uh zag house our main like brunch bartender and like head of like our coffee and our I don't know if the whole division kind of went on vacation mm-hmm. and I had to step in and mm-hmm. work, work behind the bar for two days, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I still remember how to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a little bit. Nice. <laughs> I was going to ask you, just in a second, to go through, I guess, all the places that you've made coffee at, but I just want to say, I think one of the first places I encountered you, because I remember your tattoo, mm-hmm. is at Nordstrom's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a... Was that, like, your first job? That was my first dip into management mm-hmm. and... and like official management for sure mm-hmm. uh, so that was that was when I was a student I was at Webster so that was probably six seven yes. eight years ago yeah it, oh not well yeah it was yeah in the six-ish range mm-hmm. um so I yeah when I was at Webster University for two years myself I for through a friend heard that uh foam coffee and beer which mm-hmm. is still around under different ownership now mm-hmm. uh it was just about to open they were looking for I was about to turn 21 they were looking for people who could were interested in coffee and I never worked in it but I was like had wanted to mm-hmm. um, being the kid going to like Starbucks and like that was kind of my environment <laughs> and like kind of having a fascination with like the cafe culture not even as it was in 2000 was that 10 mm-hmm. or so but like um the culture of like you know reading like you know uh literature from like you know, you know France and the 20s like that cafe culture it was very counterculture and you know people weren't going to bars and having these things they're going to cafes and having great ideas and stuff so something about that you know being 21 like 
in college for an English major. I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> um, and so fell into that, like, met him, the owner, we hit it off, like, eh, got hired. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, you know, was able to play music and all that, but eventually I was, like, kind of like, oh, this is, like, really getting into the coffee side of stuff, and I, basically, long story short, found a job at Nordstrom, because I had worked at the bookstore in the mall and, like, knew some people, kind mm-hmm. of, and people worked at Foam and needed another job. Um, and so, yeah, I started there, and after a little while, I was moved up to manager, which is kind of like my first, yeah, you know, dip into the corporate manager world, which mm-hmm. was not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned <laughs> learned a lot. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of lessons learned there for sure. But um, it was at that point when I was like trying to find a way out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was saved. Um, Chris Chris Phillips, who currently works for Caldies and does a lot of very very amazing things. He and I played music a lot mm-hmm. in our lives. We were mm-hmm. friends, and you know, we kind of fall out of touch just because he we were both working a lot. Um, mm-hmm. He was roasting coffee for. Um, believe they're still kind of roasting on the name art house coffees mm-hmm. but their wholesale mm-hmm. side isn't really doing a lot so he they were looking to open a cafe he knew that we could work together well and that i had you know management cafe experience at multiple spots and he they, you know asked if i wanted to come over i was like he like asked me and called me and i was like hey do you want to get a drink this friday and we mm-hmm. didn't like hung out one-on-one in like maybe a year and i was like mm-hmm. please be a job please be a job. <laughs> i was like i had a feeling i knew this i told well, my now fiance i was like really good feeling about this one so we went to whiskey ring and just sat there and for the first half hour i was like just get to it just come on man like please like i can feel it falling off of me jobs like done let's do this <laughs> um that turned into what is um living room over in maplewood mm-hmm. um where our, in our you know the end of our first year uh sauce magazine named us the seventh best new restaurant in st louis to open which was both unexpected and like kind of a crazy thing because you know we're you know, we'd have, you know, there's a heavy food program, but, like, we're a cafe, we were yeah. a coffee roaster, we, you know, were, you know, 20 seats, like, to hit that list, which Reed's was on, mm. which um, Publico was on, which mm. Retrieve Gastro Pub was on, was like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Like, I, like, I, you know, one of those moments where, like, I didn't know, like, you know, I had some, for whatever reason, didn't know, like, we were even in, a, in consideration, so it kind of, mm-hmm. like, took me back. Um... Yeah, and then I that later, that was about three months out before I competed at the barista competitions in Kansas City, which was my first time, mm. and then I was gone within two months of that. Um, mm. Our whole team was. Um, mm. so we're right here now. Caldies. Um, my my lead barista went to Blueprint for a long time. She actually competed for Blueprint last year before leaving mm. there. Um, so yeah, we were we were stacked. It was kind of cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, and that led to me kicking and screaming to a restaurant. <laughs> um, so yeah, all the time, just coffee, more, you know, getting to the point where like, I want, you know, roasting our own coffee, you know, competing like on the mm-hmm. national level, like very into it. And that was like the only thing I wanted to do, you know, my, mm. you know, she's, we were, weren't engaged yet, but you know, like, uh, actually she was at, you know, Head Baker Pine Size for a while, mm. Bailey's Chocolate Bar. She was kind of in between things, um, when like... I was at living room. She actually helped out there a little bit, but um, she ended up getting hired at Reed's mm-hmm. um, to be the you know the first pastry assistant there. Mm. And when I left living room, I was like, oh, I don't know, like I need to find a job and mm. stuff. And she was like, I oh, know Reed's looking for front of house help. I'm like, I don't do that. I don't work <laughs> in restaurants. I work. I wake up at six in the morning or earlier, and I make coffee all day, and I get off at three and a nap. Like <laughs> that's mm. that's my thing. Yeah. I'm gonna go 
do that thing. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, every weekend she'd be like, hey, you know, it's just, just come host. Just like, just, just help us out. See what happens. Like, yeah. And one Saturday I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm in tonight. <laughs> text, text Nikki, who was a GM at the time. Like, and I'll, I'll see how it goes. <laughs> Turns out I really liked it. <laughs> and I was just, pre, you know, prolonging the inevitable. Um, so yeah, I went in, it was the first night. It, it was like one of their busier nights in a long time. They you know, did like 200 people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, all right. Like, this is interesting. And, you know, I'd, so having actually hadn't worked there for, at that point, eight, six or eight months. Like, I'd gotten to know most of the staff pretty well. So, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's pretty friendly. I was like, all right, I can do this part-time. Like, I'll still do coffee during the day. I don't mm-hmm. have to be here really for it. I'll just do part-time, two, maybe three days a week. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Then, like, a month and a half, I was only at Reed's. Mm-hmm. Uh, working, I was uh, bartending at brunch with Zach Allhouse, who, mm-hmm. you know, was competed super successful talent together um and uh you know he um was like all right well you know i'm hosting or doing other front of the house stuff serving i'd never served before um and i was like well this is it like this is this is a, this is a lot of fun um i could even do this but you know it's kind of like getting antsy and a little like all right like what's the next thing like mm-hmm. you know i don't want to just i'm not a, i don't want to just serve i'm not i don't want to you know like hosting was i learned a lot about a lot of things but like you know Right, kind of getting monotonous, and that's when you know, I heard Sardella was opening. I was like, mm-hmm. "Hey, a restaurant, you know, with that crew like Gerard, you know, Kraft, who's super talented, and Chris Kelling, who's you know a great GM, mm-hmm. um, and everyone was like, I, I could, you know, they want a coffee program. Like this sounds like those things I do. <laughs> both, <laughs> yeah. both of, this sounds like both of those things. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of like was like, well, I'll think about it, and I was like, well, maybe I'll just go see. Like this was probably a m- month and a half or barely two months before they were supposed to open. And I was like, I'll just see if they need baristas. Like, I'm sure everything's kind of filled up, but I'll ask. Um, they did, and then you actually needed someone to, like, run the pro- head and, like, kind of run the program. Basically, like, you know, be, be behind the bar, you know, mm-hmm. get the coffee stuff set up, kind of make sure everything was, you know, running for, and, you know, never done a breakfast service. Mm. Um, so I got that, and I was like, all right, well, this is this is my thing now. Like, this is a combination <laughs> of the things yeah, I like. Yeah. Um, you know, because I could... You know, I could rant about the cafe model for days and days, mm. and someone might listen, but it's not. It's not that <laughs> not interesting enough for a podcast um, at the moment. Maybe like a, a multi-piece expose yeah. um, about, but like Sardella, like kind of hit me, hit hit that model where it's like it's cafe, but it's service and hospitality forward mm-hmm. uh, with delicious food, um, and it's not you know just getting lines, slaying a bunch of coffee, see you later. Like there's a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was great. I was like, well, yeah, I'll do this until, you know, me and Ashley, you know, we're, you know, thinking about, you know, one day move into a coast, New York, you know, I was like, I could do this for a while and, yeah. you know, see, see where that goes. Then, you know, we'll get married and move, hmm. um, you know, if we move, but, you know, hmm. and then I found out Nikki, the GM at Reed's was leaving kind of suddenly and I was like, oh, wait, crap, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, they kind of talked to them, and they're like, yeah, if you're interested. And I was like, mm. oh, all right, well, let me talk to the guys mm. at Sardella. That was a very tough conversation, because, you know, I was like eight months in there. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, this is something, like, probably the only job I'd leave there yeah. for. Um, and they were amazing and understood, and, and you know, were very gracious about it. And, uh, yeah, I got two weeks of training, and now after uh, getting my first actual restaurant job, 18 months later, I was in charge of the restaurant. Yeah. yeah you say it like that, they're like, who, what are they thinking? Yeah, yeah. Who put him in charge? Well, well, <laughs> promise it's okay. So what exactly, uh, would you ever done, most people have interviewed have been like, you know, 
and their current job is like, you know, chef or line cook or bartender or, but you're a GM now. Yeah. So what is that life like? Um, I realized after being raised by mom, who is a counselor and therapist, it's a lot like her job, but I don't have <laughs> nearly as much training and preparation. Oh my. Not in a total good way, but you know, you're, you're the person who has, I don't know, I have to see everything, hear everything, uh, be aware of everything. And, mm. um, you know, I have an amazing staff and that's something, you know, I'm very lucky to have, you know, easily the best team of Psalms in the region. Um, mm. You know, I've yeah. got, you know, from chef down to servers, it's like people who are, you know, professionals and always yeah. wanting to learn, always wanting to uh, get better so that makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Sure. But yeah, you know, and it's, it ties into, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not an administrator. Um, I'm, well, you know, why co- the other side of coffee is like, you know, there's a c- creativity to it and a cultural aspect to it. And so like, mm. I, you know, the the role the role is something that like I never it never feels complete like you know you get a job description and you're like yeah that I can we do those things you know make a schedule and you know talk to guests when you know there there's a issue or perceived issue and you know go in and you know get mm-hmm. to talk to people and you know share all the stuff that you know our wonderful kitchen makes or our bartenders make or their what our sums bring in but like you know there's something about you know at the end of the day like I do because like we I get to share all of that information and knowledge mm. with people which sure. um you know it's a it's a very odd time in our in our country and life so like you know, the, like <laughs> it's not even like necessarily the escape it's like the escape of like you know going out to eat or like seeing a mm. movie it's like the idea of like if we can show people what is out there the other things the why i brought the wine like this is what this one little spot on a hill in france tastes like and if we mm. don't like you know, on the, like, deep side of it, it's like, if we don't do things to, like, make ourselves better, that'll go away. Mm. Like, that's, this is temporary. Sure. And if we don't take care of it, it's gone. Like, please, please realize that. Sure. Mm. Wow. <laughs> that's in the back of my head the whole time. <laughs> mm. Wow. Jordan, what do you want to be when you were a kid? Um, poof. So, in the first grade, I only spelled it with, like, seven letters, but I wanted to be a paleontologist. <laughs> uh, exactly. Cool. I found it one day, and I was like, paleobi... Oh, I remember. All right. Yeah, that's not how you spell that. Um, that. Um, and then a musician for a very long time. I started playing guitar in, like, the sixth grade, and mm-hmm. I played my first show. If anyone who's remotely, you know, I'm 28, 29, like, you know remember the old creepy crawl on like Tucker mm. and Wash Ave. Like I played my yeah. first show there when I was like fifteen. Wow. Our parents dropped us off there. Wow. I got inside and I was That's like old school. Yeah, I was like, what did they do to us? <laughs> <laughs> what, what were we thinking? You know, yeah. like so like I that was most of the high school and then the college was like, Alright, like oh I could like, you know, teach, like teach English. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I was when I was high school I was really you know, my one of my mentors was an English teacher there and super great. I was like, I, I could do that and like, you know, let's keep playing music, like Mm-hmm. see what happens and mm-hmm. so when I moved to Cherokee and you know was going to school playing a lot of music I was like I got this and that's like when you know like it I was like well I want to you know like music you know it's the same thing like it's culturally significant like it's something that like you know even if it's just a few people like you know we're creating something that didn't exist before or you know we're helping people you know if someone listens to music and you know is happy and I was like well that's what coffee is. Like, <laughs> and yeah. you make something, you get to, like, interact with people's lives, and they kind of, like, use that as a way to, like, 
know, I, I go to coffee shops four days a week, and it's, you know, just nice to, like, see another person, like, hey, how are you today? Like, mm-hmm. and there's, you know, it's like, wait a minute, like, that's kind of like, it's not teaching, but, like, there's this aspect to it. Um, I don't know. So, like, yeah, I wanted to do something. I, for some reason, I wanted to dig up dinosaur bones, and then <laughs> got got a little, you know, wanted to teach, and, and I don't know, I feel like, you know, being a GM, I get to, like, I still get to teach people stuff, but it's sure. not, you know, not not students necessarily, but you know, peers, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think part of the reason I am, am where I'm at because I never really decided what I wanted to do. <laughs> I was not I was not great at like, oh, well, I want to be this thing or like, I, I knew kind of like what I liked to do and I knew what like, I felt happy doing, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of led you know, through some dips and turns at times but and mm-hmm. also what here I'm you know I'm very happy good excellent so you went to college for a little bit of time for um English literature yeah I originally went to school to Webster to go for their audio program oh. um which was really sweet but like wasn't I turned on like this isn't fulfilling and so yeah I went over to the other my other idea which was like I was gonna minor in English originally mm-hmm. like, well, I'll just do English education hmm. and then I went, went over to UMSL for a little bit mm-hmm. um before kind of landing that job at Nordstrom, mm-hmm. uh, where I was like, I make more money than my friends who teach now, <laughs> and I, I really, yeah. which it's just yeah. you know like it is yeah. what it is, but you know, and if it was like if I wasn't happy making coffee for people, I would have been like, well, it's fine, I'll just go make less money because you know mm. I've I've taken pay cuts here and there. To, like when I went to living room, I took a pay cut, like a mm-hmm. a, a healthy one, because like mm. I wanted to do something I was I believed in. Mm-hmm. And it paid sure. off. It just took, you know, it took a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So how did you and your fiance meet? Um, through, oddly enough, it's like, like you know, you look back, you got like a couple of certain people who like are like a hinge in your life. Uh, <laughs> took you on a turn. Um, the same person who got me the job at Nordstrom is uh, also worked at Pine Size Bakery where Ashley worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we met through a mutual friend. Um, and then... Um, you know, so we would all, like, as a group kind of hang out, and then, uh, yeah, I kind of went from there, and then, yeah, so we've worked, and then after she left there, she, you know, she was at Bailey's Chocolate Bar for a little bit, and we ended up, you know, we started dating for a little bit, and we moved in together after, like, a year and a half, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, she worked with me at the living room for a hot second, kind of was a part-time. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, because she was at Reed's already, and, so, you know, same thing, like, oh, I work mm-hmm. nights, I have daytimes free. Mm. Kind of, kind of idea. Um, mm. And now, of course, she's the executive pastry chef at Reed's, so we work yeah. together every day, mm-hmm. at least for a little bit of the day, <laughs> which is great. We, we, you know, we haven't, you know, destroyed anything yet. Yeah. Figure if we can work at a restaurant together, we can do anything. There you go. Yeah. That's it. So then, speaking of all that, uh, how was your uh, bachelor weekend in New York, in New Orleans? It was a lot of fun. Um, New Orleans is great. It was I hadn't been there as, like as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I remember that I wanted was great. All the seafood was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. A few odd things I found. There's not a lot of young servers in New Orleans. Really? Hmm. Like you know, like they have, you know, especially like we were, we were just um, to like off of Canal Street, kind of close to where like, the Roosevelt is, where like mm-hmm. Dominica, the, the mm-hmm. restaurant is. Um, kind of near the Ace Hotel as well. Hmm. Um, and, like, you know, so there's some, you know, some of those restaurants, things that you would sit down and be like, oh, these are, like, James Beard restaurants. There are, you know, hmm. there are younger people there. There are, you know, some of their chefs and owners are, you hmm. know, in their 30s. But, like, going to, like, you know, just, like, most 
like you know non-chain restaurants it's like my server's like you know not not in his 20s or 30s which is mm-hmm. interesting because you know uh you know our staff at reeds were i think our average age is 29 ish mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um you know one of our psalms is 22 mm-hmm. uh, you know i'm gm at 28 our assistant gm's 31 mm-hmm. like you know we're you know and our chef's only 36 mm-hmm. that sounds right you know like i'm used to that or going to you know Sar- sardella where everyone's that same thing like, yeah you know, i'm working with people who you know are are, you know, we're kind of all the same age, you know, kind of bringing, you know, bringing new life into some of this. And that was just a little, like, huh, mm-hmm. it's interesting. So it's um, like, that's their career. Yeah. in their career. Well, it's just, yeah, and it, yeah, which is, you know, that's a town you can do it in. Like, sure. That's what I would do. Like, there, yeah. again, like, there's so much good food down there and just so much, like, fun. It's, like, it's just fun everywhere I went. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I could do that. Like, mm-hmm. which I like to, oh, I'm not going to ever go back in August. I know that much. It was sticky. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Even worse than St. Louis? Oh, way worse. They just, well, they, they had that, like, flood issue, like, a couple days uh, before. Oh, yeah. So there was, like, standing water everywhere, mm. which mm. W- did not make the stickiness any mm. better. Um, wow. But I'd, I'd want to go back really bad. We, yeah. By the time, by the third day, we ended up ordering pizza to our Airbnb because we just, like, couldn't do it anymore. So we, walked, <laughs> yeah. we, like, watched the new Game of Thrones episode, like, twice. And we just, like, <laughs> ate pizza. And yeah. we watched, then we watched Rick and Morty. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to New Orleans in November. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. never cool. been before, so yeah. Oh, yeah, we're excited. Top, yeah, there's some really cool stuff. Um, and everything's open super late, so that's yeah. great. Mm. You can't, like, we got in at, like, at 9 o'clock or at, like, 8 o'clock at, like, on Sunday night, and mm-hmm. we're, like, we could, things like, oh, open till 2 or 3, 4 a.m. You're nice. like, great. So we were worried, like, we were going to get in on Sunday and, like, have nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> that is not the case. Awesome. Very cool. Mm. Um, do you have any, uh, interests or hobbies about you that no one would ever suspect? Interests or hobbies? Yeah. Um. Or, like, stuff you learn about, read about? Oh, yeah, well, not as much anymore, I think. Um, in the eighth grade, I went to the state championship geography bee. Um, so Hmm. that was, I was really into, I've always been kind of drawn to maps and directions, and I don't know why. Um, I was really into, uh, like, history and, like, World War II history when mm-hmm. I was, like, in elementary school. Hmm. Um, after we went to New Orleans the first time in the sixth grade, there's a, like, World War II D-Day museum. Hmm. That is very cool. Mm-hmm. You're interested in history at all. It's yeah. still, it's still there. It's $27 hmm. for adults. Um. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a to- I'm a, I'm a nerd. I have a Star Wars tattoo. Like, <laughs> okay. like it's, you know, it's, You're you in good it's company. not on my arms. Like, I, that's, that's really it. Like, I spend my time, like, reading or, like, finding out. It's like, you know, I'm fascinated by, like, mm. everything. And that's kind of, like, what made it, like, I never knew what I wanted to do. Because I was like, well, everything's kind of interesting. And mm-hmm. if, if I do one thing, like, I don't yeah. know what anything else is like. Um, yeah. You know, kind of obviously settled from that, so to speak. But that's kind of why I like the industry. There's... It's very open-ended um, mm-hmm. about where I can go and, and what I can do within it. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else weird? Yeah, I, really, it was music and coffee for the longest time. I yeah. just, like, let everything kind of uh, fall away, I think. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely... It's it's the nerdy nerdy side of things, like weird, weird facts and weird ways to, you know what people have done or whatever mm-hmm. I don't know probably so the history side of things yeah. it's just mm-hmm. that stuff fascinates me was the first coffee shop you visited a Starbucks 
oh, I, I mean, that I can, I like, think for most of us, it was, remember, but, yeah, like, what I'm thinking is, what's the first one that you visited that was not Starbucks? Uh, like, in St. Louis? Or Maybe. In, like, general, because, like, I'm always, there's always, like, way back in my head, and, like, you know, just, like, growing up, I grew up on the hill, and before I moved up to Webster Grove, so, like, there's always here and there, like, you know, first cup of coffee was whatever Folgers, you know, my grandma would make when mm-hmm. I, you know, we still lived with her, and my mom was like, he's too young for that, and it was all, you know, it was all, it was all slim milk and sugar, but I was like, it's just great, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I had this, like, really big, deep, like, low oval mug, it had been, like, 20 ounces, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, it was like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Starbucks, like, in high school, you know, being, like, the... I listen to like emo punk music and I like to read like Starbucks was like that's my place yeah it was down the street from Webster Rose High School yeah. I was like that's where you know what you know with Webster University I'm like well clearly cool kids hang out here the college kids are here mm-hmm. some guy who smells with the beard out front that like, this Webster is my place. Starbucks is is not like other Starbucks oh no I gotta not. Say, it's, it is not at all it's, yeah mm. if you guys have never been to it yeah, yeah it, it's it, yeah, you just, look outside and you're like, really? This Starbucks? Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, no, it's uh-huh. totally Starbucks. And that's, I think, you know, before there were drive through Starbucks and they, were, they weren't, like, building standalone Starbucks and mm-hmm. there weren't really, you know, they were in Barnes and Nobles, kind yep. of, and they were, like, in, like, strip malls and things that, like, like, there's that one up, uh, I think Aaron Johnson, who owns Rise now, was that was his first Starbucks. The one in Creve Core, mm. uh, oh, yeah. Trader does, like, this weird, like, little oh. rock building, like, that was Starbucks. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They didn't build that. That place is weird looking, but yeah. like <laughs> it was available. Right. So they just like, like, oh, we'll move into it, whatever yep. we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and like, so I went there all the time. I'd ride my mm-hmm. bike to high school, get up extra early, get mm-hmm. coffee before, maybe get coffee after. <laughs> my headphones in, do all kinds of stuff. Um, it's funny, one of the, uh, the name's Matt, who's actually a barista there when I was in high school. He's one of the like kitchen managers at Pastoria now. So oh, when really? I was at Sardella, mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, oh shit. What's up? <laughs> it's kind of one of those funny, one of those funny things. I'm yeah. like, yeah. hey, I made it. Those kids, I was like, those were, those were the cool kids when I was like 15, and now yeah. I'm like, I'm in the club. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. It had to have been a Starbucks. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, and then working at the mall, and it's where, you know, it's like, oh, gotta get coffee. Like, mm-hmm. That was where my, my breaks were at. And, but yeah, the Webster one is, it's, it's, it's still different, even though there's like a yes. thousand more of them. But I uh-huh. think that's what. Mm-hmm. That somehow, like, was enough, like, to have that, like, unique, like, you know, enough experience where, like, it wasn't, like, every other spot. And yeah. That's what, like, you know, even third wave, how, like, everything, you know, it's very culinary, like, it has to be precise and clean, and it's very Nordic, and, like, you know, all the mm. minimalism of cafes now, like, there's, they they have a very similar thread, but, like, each one still has a unique culture about it, and, like, mm-hmm. that's what makes them as fascinating to people mm. as, like, coffee, like, you sure. know. Um, the Instagram thing like you know people are people are interested in something because it isn't like other things and you can take a cool picture of it that yeah. is that one that is your thing and not you know everyone else's um, which is where Starbucks loses its thing because I can be in St. Louis or I can be in Berlin and if I take a picture of a Starbucks mm. you're like where are you I don't know <laughs> but if I'm at you know if I'm, you know when I was in Stumptown um, you know coffee roast you know at Stumptown in New Orleans the Ace Hotel or if I you know I'm at Blueprint in St. Louis or mm-hmm. if I'm in you know Everman Espresso in New York like when I take that picture you're like that is a that is that spot mm-hmm. it's that one there's nothing mm-hmm. else it like it it is very unique um and then that's you know that's you know that's what draws people to 
places like that just as much as something delicious. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you were looking for a place to study, you'd, you know, and just, like, have a place, you'd probably go to the place where you could spend the least. But, like, mm-hmm. people don't do that. They want to go hang out something that, like, is feels like them or is, you know, mm-hmm. feels good to be at. Sure. So, I don't know. I guess that I never really thought of it like that, but I think that Starbucks kind of does have that hmm. odd niche that, like, most of them don't. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Changes things. All right. <laughs> so then I, I guess maybe I'll open up a can of worms here. I don't know. You, you <laughs> mentioned it about 20 minutes ago. So, Jordan, what's the deal with coffee shop culture? Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you got a beef with it? No, I don't have a beef okay. with it. I have, I have what I consider to be, you know, I don't have... I'm, not all, no one's ever always right. Um, legitimate concerns with its longevity. Um, Go on. Basically, and it's, you know, as long as we try to take care of the planet and we, uh, mm-hmm. you know, don't and let, let coffee, you know, co- coffee exist. And mm. the other thing I brought, um, the coffee, just I brought it mostly even just to talk about it. Cause I, mm. um, basically, it's this micro lot from Costa Rica um, and Olympia Coffee, which has really great, like, transparency about like where their coffee comes from where they're buying it like who's growing it you know coffee's great because it's like it's place not people but you need the like it but without the people there's no place like you know mm-hmm. like making does you know the people who you know grew this this wine were drinking and bottled it and you know went through to make it wine like they may not be the wealthiest people on the planet, but I guarantee you they have running water and electricity mm. and they're eating three meals a day and walk yeah. down walk down a street to a restaurant. People who are growing, you know, our coffee, though it's consumed, you know, almost just as much, are sometimes walking three miles just to get a bucket of water. Sure, yeah. Things like that, you know, it's getting better or they, you know, live in very remote, very, you know, underdeveloped places. Um, and, you know, so, like, the longevity of that is very important because, like, what we're able to do, you know, is, is support parts of the world necessarily that you know are forgotten unfortunately um so when i sit down in a cafe or try to sit down in a cafe and every single space is occupied despite a table for two to four people with a one person six books one laptop and a set of headphones and an empty cup of coffee i go how long until i stop or someone stops coming here because they like the coffee but really want a spot to go. Yeah. Um, but can never find never find a place to sit, so they'll just go to the next place. Yeah. And how many times does it take for that person to do that um, until the coffee? Like, why why aren't very busy anymore? And then all you know, and then you get to the point of like, why 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 isn't that coffee shop around anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and these are places that you know, obviously like Caldi's, they roast and they have their hands in multiple cities, and you can keep growing and be like, doesn't matter. Well, and then you know, then you have you know. Not to say Caldi's is ever going to become Starbucks, but then you have Starbucks. Like, we just have enough locations and enough volume, like, who cares? Yeah. Everything's to go. But, you know, like, if you want Blueprint and you want Comet and you want, you know, Sump, to, these places to be around, um, not to mention grow as an industry and, like, start finding new people to come to these things, we kind of need to do, um, you know, it's it's a, just a, a model switch up. And that's where, like, I love what attracted me to Sardella so much was, yes, you walk in, yes, you order at a point at the counter, um... However, after that point, um, you know, everything's a little bit different um, between having, you know, settings on your table to being, to having, uh, no matter, you know, having water poured at your table and brought to you every single time. Um, you know, you're always going to, you're always going to be bust. Um, and my, my favorite part um, that we, you know, we attempt, you know, we try to do as often as possible um, was the, once you're, once you order your first time and you sit, like, don't get back up. <laughs> um, you know, if I, 
I will, you want to, I'm going to come check in on you. You want mm. another cup of coffee? Let me know. We'll bring it over to you. We'll close mm. you out. Um, things, things like that. Or even just like how the, you know, kitchen was run. You're going to, uh, have a group of you. We're all going to order food at the counter. Well, we're still going to make sure it all drops at the same time. You're not, and someone's not going to be eating 10 minutes before the last person gets their food because, well, so when the orders came in, like, you know, same thing with your drinks. Like if there's three people ordering a drink and they come out one at a time sporadically, like by the time I've finished my coffee, someone's still waiting on theirs. I'm like, well, that's not the shared experience. Mm-hmm. Like, then I'm just like, so, you know, I just, want, I just want my caffeine and then like, you know, fuck you guys. Um, <laughs> it's that kind of stuff, you know, and it sure. sounds, it sounds like very particular, but like it grows your business. Um, mm-hmm. It creates more opportunity for more people to come in. Um, cause you know, if I go, I know I love comment. I was there today. I'll be there Thursday every month. I know I might be there another day this week. Um, love that place to death. Um, but like when I go there and actually sit down and I'm like, Oh, I want another cup of coffee. This isn't to blame anybody. But like, if like in three minutes I go between going, Oh, I want another one and think to get up. And then all of a sudden like 10 people walk in, like I'm not getting yeah. back up. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault. They have, yeah. you know, that's how that cafe is set up, which yeah. is fine. But like, in, you know, down in, in a world where I can just be like, Hey, like, you know, and they some places will start tabs, but like it's it's this idea of like, um, we're excluding too many people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even like people are gonna spend five bucks on a cup of coffee these days. Like we're not. I'm not. It used to be like, is our coffee too expensive? No. Like we're mm-hmm. same rate. We're, we're paying more to make sure people have. You know, we're paying a fair price for something that is should not be bought a commodity under a dollar a pound. Like it's ridiculous. People, you know, everything's hand picked. Everything's you know, done, you know, on a very manual labor level, like, it's expensive to get coffee to us, you should actually pay for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. People are doing that, but, you know, as a, for small businesses, like, you're not going to just be these, you know, massive cafe chains, like, there, there's a level of, like, that you're not, like, being able to, like, get as many people in the door, and you're also, like, missing out on, like, that human interaction I, you know, talked about, um, and obviously, you know, the whole, like, people sit at the bar and a restaurant because they want to have more of a conversation like most people want to talk to the bartender or like be around people like maybe don't know or a table you know you have minimal interaction with your server but there's still that opportunity cafes break all that down because you spend so many like there's not like a oh, move turn and burn idea you know that like some restaurants will have or sometimes you you know why steak and shake's always so cold to so get the fuck out of there so you can have yeah. <laughs> that's not a secret like they, just, yeah. they don't want you around you're not yeah. going to become best friends with your server there because they need that table yeah um, but like coffee has that opportunity, everything slows down, you can sit there and meet friends or meet other people, no matter sure. where you are in that cafe, and when it gets busy, you feel rushed, or when you can't find a seat, because half the seats are unusable, because someone's on the other side of that table, just like, this is my space, mm-hmm. um, we, you, you start to kind of worry about, uh, the growth of the industry, and as things get more expensive, and your customer base doesn't grow, all of a sudden, when you were making, you know, you were making a profit two years ago on this volume, all of a sudden, you're at a loss, because your all your cost of goods went up, but you haven't built your customer base, sure. and all of a sudden, those shops just disappear, mm. um, which is terrifying. <laughs> sure. I mean, I heard a, this one theory that the renaissance happened because of coffee shops, because there were people from all walks of life come in, both upper class, lower class, and people were educated, people were, you know, uh, you know, really even feels the same. We come there, they all actually talk to each other. Yeah. And it'd be like no class in there. It'd just be all on the same level. Yeah, I mean that's that. I mean that's kind of been, um, you know, the case so to speak in a in a lot of in a lot of those realms. Cause it's like, you know, kind of thing like when coffee became popular in Europe, though the cafes were the spot where you know, you know, you know definitely like you know 
or whatever mm-hmm. realm you want to go to, like that's where you know. Yes, there were you know people went to bars and drank wine in France, but the cafes in Paris were also the place where people like exchanged ideas. Mm-hmm. You know where that thing you know, just kind of went in, um, and yeah. So like we're you know that was a focus on it. You know that was just I need alcohol, I need caffeine, or you know it was mm-hmm. the place to go. But like mm-hmm. there's there's still the place to go, just like bars are, but. Yeah, between the whole, like, they're now study hall kind of things, which is okay, except we're not exchanging ideas. We're just all doing our own thing in a space. Mm -hmm. Which, if that's what you want your business model to be, totally fine. Design Mm. your cafe that way. Single single seats everywhere. Just (laughs) bar seating. Like, if you ever go to, like, Barista Parlor in Nashville, they nailed it. Mm. All of their locations basically have around, they have a bar in the center. Like, center of the room is is their, like, bar area. And then they have single like low seats all the way around on each side so like you know you could have two of you eight of you all in single seating and then they have like community tables and they have little like two seaters along the walls mm-hmm. so like you can have you can move things around you can have people in little groups but like if every single person there that day came by themselves they'd have a seat mm-hmm. every single seat could uh-huh. be utilized if uh-huh. that because per- like you don't know and mm-hmm. so like you know you get so people want to come there and just like be around people but like have their headphones on like they're not taking up any other seat except their seat sure um but that place is always alive there's always people talking hanging out um you know and there's we have cafes like that but like so many times you walk into your favorite one just like the music and the barista's talking to some people who are friends or at one or group and then everyone else is like yeah on their in their own thing which is okay yeah. but like it you know kind of that return to thing and then people go well what well, well, if you go to wi-fi at cafes like well, that's a lot too <laughs> yeah you know you, some could do that if some tomorrow was like you know what we're not gonna have wi-fi anymore there'd be a little bit like that's weird but like they know their their focus and what their like concept is is so much about like what they create which mm-hmm. is amazing things that like sure. people will, would want to go and be social there and enjoy what that experience of having something made by them is not most places can't get away with that yeah um with most of their customer base and that's fine people don't have to be like you don't have to be a coffee you know like a coffee snob or a barista to go appreciate good coffee like we want everyone to go to your cafe but um you know there's also kind of like a a bummer to know that like sometimes you know you're making all this stuff and people are just like it's either just a fix or because caffeine's a drug or they're like well you're just the closest place that i can study you're like I guess this is my life now. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, and it's just like trying to like, you know, and that's always a thing and you know, Danny Meyer wasn't the first person to say it, but like, you know, one of the chapters in his books about it and it's something that I've always like was taught to kind of think was like whoever wrote the rule whatever, like why like basically why? Like why why are we doing that? And sometimes that leads to like really great ideas and sometimes mm-hmm. that leads to like oh, I get it now, like, that was a terrible train of thought, but, like, I thought that there was a reason we shouldn't be doing that, but we should do that, okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I think that's a really important part of, like, you know, especially with an industry that's, like, young, like, third wave, specialty coffees, relatively young, like, there's still a lot of, like, well, whoever said we had to do it this way? Because, like, we kind of, like, found some habits or, like, took some took some behavior from, like, older, you know, models, and we're like, well, that's how we always did it. Yeah. It's like, Maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said, we're not. This isn't some like dire need. Our shops aren't going to go out of business tomorrow. Sure. But like right. having run one and seen what kind of money it can produce and the amount of work you have to get to do a point where you can like comfortably hit margins sure. and with things getting more expensive, like seeing that side of it, it just makes me nervous. Mm. Mm. Interesting. 
we'll do another podcast to discuss that. Yeah, I mean, some other day. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, video series. Do a lot. Different question then. Yes. Uh, this may this will be cheerier. Tell us about <laughs> some uh, dishes or meals or drinks or coffees you've had in town that you think people ought to know about. In town. Yes. Um, all right. This is always always fun. Yeah. So. I mean, for coffee, we'll sit the coffee thing first and get out of the way. Um, I mean, I, I think I've listed just about the shops I hit. Like, it's all about, you know, discovering, you know, you want to discover the best tasting thing you can, which is the rabbit hole. Like, coffee is very easy for people because, you know, you've had people, everyone drinks coffee for the most part. Mm-hmm. Everyone's had, like, bad coffee. And so the first, like, good cup, you're like, well, I just ruined the rest of my life because you know, this <laughs> rabbit hole of, like, trying to find something better. Like, you always want to make, like, well, this cup was good, but, like, maybe this one would be better. So, like, I, I can think, you know, the best cappuccino I've ever had in my life came from Blueprint, and mm. it's a go cup. <laughs> like, mm. I was, like, was me and a friend from New York City. He was in town. He got, he took the Metrolink down there. I'm like, well, it's, you know, he's like, well, we're going to do some work. I'm like, go to Blueprint. We'll meet you there in, like, a couple hours, get some dinner. Mm. Um, and I wasn't sure what we were doing, so I was like, oh, I'll just get it to go. And just, like, took a sip, and I was like fuck like <laughs> that is incredible mm. i can't even remember what the coffee was like i, I uh, like tried to like you know like the next because we like walked out and i tried to like the next day i was like a couple days later i was like i had to figure it out and like i just you know didn't didn't they couldn't figure out what espresso it was and couldn't remember oh, um which is fine it's like coffee <laughs> coffee's gone it'll never yeah. be again every season it, the earth changes and every batch even though it's from the same farm it's similar but it's never the same mm. so that's fine but that's what's you know uh that easily there um you know like wherever we go to Publico all the time right now yeah. this is like everything there is just like beautiful um yeah, yeah. like we, we went for uh, my assistant GM for her birthday we all like, we got, like nine of us went and just basically had one everything and like hmm. I think they just changed it with that pork belly taco they have right hmm. now mm. holy crap um, oh, I don't think that was on the menu um, the last sure. time we were there. Yeah, yeah they they change they they change them up. I know. Yeah. And like it was just like which is good and bad. And I love yeah. yeah. Well, that's you know that's the thing. Like yep. the impermanence of life is what makes it be. It's <laughs> what makes it all beautiful. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the last time I might have this taco. Just gonna appreciate it all that much more, and totally. then you have to go find a new favorite taco, yeah. which is yeah. also something I spend my life doing. Um, Same. All Mexican food. So like oh, I mean, yeah. um. Yeah, it's one of those things, I don't go out anymore. Like, everyone's, yeah. you know, like, oh, you must, you you know, you work at a great, great restaurant, and you must eat all this great food. It's like, I work five nights a week. Like, I would love to go to, you know, I haven't, I've only eaten at Sardella once for dinner since I left there. And, like, mm-hmm. I mean, so, so good. Mm-hmm. I craved the, uh, the, uh, what, the uh, pistachio ravioli at Pasteria. Yep. Oh, yeah. I craved yeah. the brown yeah. butter. I crave them constantly. Yep. I ate so many ravioli when I worked at Sardella. <laughs> it was not good. I like crossed the point of like maybe I need to stop eating pasta for lunch three days a week. Um, it's like holy crap. <laughs> but like there's a reason it was. You know, it's gross. amazing. And growing yeah. up on the hill, like that's the thing. Like there's yeah. very few Italian restaurants. Yeah. And I can be like, I trust this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know the, you know, or, you know whatever my grandma meatball is still my favorite meatball like every mm. good Italian grandkid and, yeah. um, you know so I'm very scared when I go out but <laughs> I know, whatever they put out I'd eat well the uh, the Randolphy's meatball and they're like 12 mm. ounce like just monster meatball oh, <laughs> we've not had that one yet, had that. So, yeah. it is you're just like it sits it sits down in front of you and you're like 
Uncle Man. <laughs> like, what have I done? <laughs> it's it's worth it. Get just cool. get the meatball. I mean, mm. it's cool. like it's like a softball size. Mm. Mm. Wow. So you're like the spaghetti and meatball. You're like, oh, uh, meatballs, right? I meatball mean, and uh, meatball. And spaghetti. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that that is uh, highly recommended. Mm. <laughs> and if you go on Sundays. Um, Randolphies, they have all their Amaro pours, I think, are half off. Ooh. And they, heard that they have a great, yeah, they have a great, yeah, so it's like their like, Sunday us. night happy hour special mm-hmm. or whatever, like all night. Yeah. So all their Amaro pours. If you want to go nice. like, explore the world of Amaro, yeah. Yeah, like we, uh, Burnett and you know, the few other things people have had, yep. go on Sunday. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all about Amaro's lately. We're just, uh, it's great. No, they're, yeah. they're so good. Like, you know, for me, it's Amaro's. They're, they're fun. Yep. Um, totally. You drink beer at all? Not as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, not at restaurants anymore, really. I, I'll go to, like, Side Project. Like, that's mm-hmm. the, the joy of spending a lot of my last few years working at Maplewood is uh, when the living room opened, we opened, you know, us, living room, bull, uh, Bulliards, and Side Project all mm-hmm. opened within about five or yeah. so months of each other, if not a smaller time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were all, you know, obviously in that neighborhood every day, all day, getting our businesses ready. So we all kind of, like, became friends mm-hmm. and getting to know Carrie and, Cor- you know, Carrie... Karen and Corey, Jesus Christ, um, from Side Project, um, and like Katie and Shay and all those people, like, I've spent, that's, I want beer, I'll just go there at this mm-hmm. point, really. Um, they were so nice, I had my birthday there one year, mm. and my cool. engagement party. Um, so, like, cool. that's where I'll go for beer, honestly, outside of, like, you know, Bush Beer Home, or, like, you know, you can have, like, a, a get-together. Um, uh, obviously, I drink a lot more wine than I ever have, uh, getting to kind of dive into the world of wine at, at Reed's. Totally. I've always been a bourbon guy. Yeah. yeah. My bar my, my bar is mostly bourbon, gin, tequila. Mm. Right. <laughs> nice. Um, Jordan, tell people where can they find you in person and online? Um, in person, I'm at Reed's almost every day. So if you including my mom, I tell her constantly. She's like, <laughs> we don't hang out. Like you know when I work <laughs> all the time, just come up, we'll hang out over here. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um so Reed's a lot. Um if not you can find me at Comet every Thursday morning between 8 and 9.30 on my way to work. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of us who go there at the same time every Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. Be surprised. Um, online, um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, JordanHowe314 mm-hmm. is those tags. Um, again, mostly mostly food and coffee and cats. Mm. I have five cats, so there's a lot of cats oh. on the internet. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> there can always be more. There are, yeah. Um, yeah. What are your pets' names? Um, we have Angus and Lola and Alice and Huey and Spaz. Nice. What's so, Spaz? Spaz. Spaz. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, Huey is my cat, so I have one cat technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other four belong to Ashley. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all great. I, they're one day I'll have a dog yeah. again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll happen. It will. Um, but yeah, I, I'm at Reeds or coffee shops, and then on on those spots, usually I'm just. Uh, yeah, you know, taking pictures of a lot of food. That's, that's really it. Excellent. Yeah. And then for the few people who may not know, where is Reed's located? We are in Ma- Maplewood on Manchester. Um, we're 7322 Manchester, so like really close to like Penzi Spices and Foundation Grounds mm-hmm. and uh, Side Project and mm. all those all those wonderful spots. Maplewood's got a really great like specialty community right now. Um, Maplewood is a hot place right it now. Is, it is. It is the place, which is great. Um you know, it is definitely, it's a lot of fun, like, having worked in South City a lot, and Clayton, like, all those neighborhoods have really awesome parts about them, but, 
being able to kind of like be part of something newer in Maplewood and is like the kind of the community um you know it's definitely a lot different like we didn't have like a really strong like restaurant culture so being able to help kind of bring that to the front is a lot of fun and mm-hmm. the people you know in the Maplewood Richard Pine School District are amazing and you know the people who are around there and the business owners are super cool and like having like Larder and Cupboard and Kakao over there too like yeah. I said there's there's something for everybody who kind of uh cares about what they're doing or buying which mm-hmm. is what's nice and you know working in this industry it's you know kind of, kind of the idea you know, mm-hmm. sustainability and like traceability and you know being able to get local milk or cheese at larder and cupboard and then get you know chocolate and schlafly's there like right it's kind of you know uh i don't know i think people are starting to figure out that how to appreciate it which is cool totally they're good people yeah all of them nice um so then my last question for you tonight is do you have any asks or requests or recommendations for the folks listening to us Ask for requests. Um, yeah. Anything at all? I would only say, um, and this is just because this is something I'm always, always fascinated by and have was bad at for a long time, which is just, like, uh, don't, like, don't be scared. Like, at a restaurant, coffee shop, at your favorite bar, like, there are things three years ago, two years ago, a year ago that, like, I would never have eaten or thought about eating. Mm-hmm. But learning to trust, you know, I'm a little spoiled where he's like, you know, chef, you know, Matt Dode and like, you know, being your Gerard, like, a little, little spoiled, but like, if someone says like, this is good, it probably is, like, mm. even unless you're allergic to it, I recommend just like, going with it. Like, uh, there's a lot of good things, you know, that are, are available in this city um, that I think people don't always go after because they're a little, they, they're, would rather be comfortable than like, kind of jump out a little mm. bit and maybe that's our midwest modesty or something mm-hmm. but which is great but uh you know i just you know want to see people kind of uh branch out and like be like you know what like just i'm gonna trust these people mm. um i see that in a lot of other cities you know and i see that you know there's taste and menus and stuff where it's like you know do you want to be safe or do you want to be adventurous like mm-hmm. be adventurous yeah. i highly recommend it um you know there, there's things you're gonna realize that you should have eaten or tried or said years ago that you didn't do good i agree i concur <laughs> well jordan this was super fun yeah thank yeah. you so much yeah thanks for the wine absolutely that was delicious this is, totally this is great all right awesome. yes. yeah thank you awesome hey guys thanks for listening if you haven't already could you take a second to give this podcast a rating and a review your words will help put us in front of more audiences so we can keep growing our we eat stuff audience thanks if you would like to help underwrite our show by becoming a We Eat Stuff patron, visit patreon.com slash weeatstuff to check out all the packages we're offering and choose a level of giving that's right for you. Your support helps us so much, and we'd like to hear from you if there's any other rewards you'd like to see. Please join us next week for another interview. But in the meantime, go out there and eat stuff. Bye.